0: one what's up everyone welcome back to the FIFA play on podcast and happy new year I'm Eni Luco and on today's episode have we got a treat for you we're talking to an absolute inspiration in our fieldwork interview I really cannot wait for you to hear this one and in this week's installment of versus Alvaro and I are sorting the truth from the fiction as we look at what some of the world's best footy players did before they were famous all coming up on the FIFA Play On podcast. Alvaro wasn't here when we recorded this week's interview, so it's just me asking the questions. Let's jump into it and see who we've been talking to. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Fieldwork. This is the bit where we talk to a footballer about their life, their loves, and their passion for the beautiful game. Our guest this week is footballer and an incredible human being. It's the awe-inspiring Nadia Nadim. I've been so excited for this one. Nadia has such an incredible life story that we're only going to be able to scratch the surface today. Fleeing Afghanistan as a child after the death of her father at the hands of the Taliban, she became obsessed with football after seeing children playing on the pitches adjacent to the refugee camp where she was living. She went from salvaging lost footballs from the woods next to her camp to the top of the professional game. Representing Denmark as the first naturalized Dane to play in the national team, she now has almost a hundred caps. Nadia, welcome to play on. How are you doing?
1: Hey Annie, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm great, thank you. A bit bit busy, but I'm very excited to be chatting with you. Um and yeah, good to be here.
0: I guess you're 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 preoccupied. I know you've just had a book come out as well, a movie as yeah. well. <laughs> like, you know, just got so much going on. I know it's crazy. <laughs> Take me back, Nadia, to the time when you first started playing football. What was it about the game that gave you the hunger and the spark?
1: I think the reason I fell in love with the game was the first time I saw it, as you mentioned, with a refugee camp. I was behind the fence and I saw the first time this girl playing the game. And the way she was carrying herself on the field made me fall in love with the game because she looked so happy and she looked so free. I think those were the two things that kind of attracted my attention and I really wanted to feel like she did. And I wanted to be on that field like her. Later on, when I started playing and I saw how amazing the game is, how much it can teach you, how easy it is for you to connect on the field with others, I knew this is something that I'm going to have in my life for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. When you see other girls playing and it just gives you that like, oh, I can do that too. But it wasn't just football, was it? You know, you're you're a very intelligent woman. What was it about school as well that, you know, has, has led you now to to be study medicine and, you know, help your mother out financially? Tell us more about that as well.
1: I know that's something you probably know as well, because I know you're very intelligent as far as yourself and have a really high education. No, I guess it kind of comes with me, with my background, having a mom, an Asian mom, who only thinks about education <laughs> uh, from a very young age. She told us education is key. And I do believe in that. Uh, if you want to change any circumstances, your circumstance, it's important to educate yourself. I always knew my mom always told me that if you want to play football, you have to better make sure that the school your grades are on top. <laughs> so I used to do that. I'm like, here you go, I'm gonna go and train now. So when I had to choose between you know what I want to do for the rest of my life in terms of education, and I knew this for like ages, even if, if I was professional, I knew that I want to do something else. Because I always thought that football is for myself, it makes me happy. But I also wanted to give back in a different way, have an impact, make a change outside football and medicine you know helping others it's it's a key thing for me uh through my life my journey i've gotten the help uh, and little things made a big impact on my personality on my character and the day where i had to choose which direction i want to go i knew that i'm going to be like a doctor because i think they would be in situations where you're probably the last person who you can do something save a life right i wanted to do that and now I'm almost there. Two months. If I pass, wow. if I pass my exams, <laughs> please, God let me pass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's just incredible. All of that with football as well. I mean, you've played football in Denmark, mm. but since then, your club career has taken you everywhere, all over the planet. And, you know, FIFA play and we talk about travel. You've played in England for Man City, New Jersey, Portland, Louisville, in France for PSG. What has the city that has most inspired you to live in?
1: Yeah, I've been fortunate to try some of like you know the best clubs around the world and mm-hmm. c- cities countries meet amazing people honestly I think Paris uh, I really enjoyed uh, because of the city the way it is uh, the way the culture was so different of what I was used to also Portland or just generally U.S. I loved love playing U.S. I don't know why but it's just it's different right but it's the vibe the fans uh, I think Portland has some of most amazing fans that i've ever encountered yeah so i think probably it's between u.s uh, u.s and france so
0: far i mean it's it's incredible that you've had those experiences playing and traveling and seeing different places so we've talked about your education your your medicine your travel i hear you've got a bit of a musical side to your family as well yeah <laughs> uh, the singer and songwriter uh Ayana Sayed is your aunt. Yes. Do you share any of her her musical talent? Is this is, is music something that inspires you and interests you?
1: Uh, I love music. I think it's kind of in our family. My mom loves music. She loves singing. So we have this thing that whenever every old family's together, we have some instruments bringing up, and every, she's gonna play, and someone's like no, humming and singing. in me. Uh, I do listen, I do clap, I can dance, I have some rhythm, but I wouldn't say I have a great voice. I do sing a lot though, but my siblings are like, oh please, could you just shut up? <laughs> no, I uh, I love music, but not that talented in that area, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you can't be the perfect human being, right? Because I know you speak languages as well. You know, you, you, you do it all. But uh, your aunt can have that talent and we can just love music. Yeah. And, and Nadia, you're, you're also a glowing example to girls and women, both in sport and education. You, you had this power to inspire, recognized officially by UNESCO, when you became the champion for girls and women's education. That must have been an incredible honor. Can you tell us more about that particular honor?
1: First of all, I think UNESCO, uh, the work that they do is amazing. Um, You know, trying to provide access to girls around the world, access to education. I feel the way you can change your circumstances, change your life for better is through education. Mm. When UNESCO asked me if I wanted to work with them and try to create this awareness or share their their vision which I already do I felt really honored I think that's a big thing for me and I hope in the future whenever I get a bit more time to do more because I know around the world there are more than 70 million um, girls uh, and kids that do not have the access to education which is Mm. which is extremely sad. Yeah. Those are the ones that are less fortunate and the tool to change.
0: They don't have that. And tell us about your TED Talk. I got I got Mm -hmm. asked a few years ago to do a TED Talk and I was just terrified because I know you don't have notes and (laughs) it's just you. There's no hiding place. You know, how does it feel to legitimately say, you know, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Tell us about how you prepared for it. Were you nervous? Were you Scared?
1: You know, you know this as well. I think I don't have a problem talking, having like, have a conversation, mm-hmm. a dialogue with people because I think that's just a normal thing. Mm-hmm. But having a monologue for 10 minutes about myself and my life is a different thing. It's hard. So I, I don't know. I was very nervous, but also knew that, you know what? I just have to be myself and try to talk about my life story, which I know really well because I kind of lived through it. <laughs> so in that way, it wasn't that hard. It's just the beginning, like the first 20, 30 seconds, I, I could, yeah, I was like, just <laughs> calm down. This is not like, you know, something crazy. It was a really good good experience and I learned a lot from it uh, because that's one of the things I want to be better at, communication, because I think that's very essential uh, to how you represent yourself and how easily you can connect to people.
0: Wow, no, um, hat, hats and- off to you for that because, you know, obviously when you're doing public speaking, you, you. Sometimes you can forget your, your trail of thought, and it's like, oh, you know. So the TED talk yeah. is like, I think the, it's a really great skill to be able to do that. So, well done for that. Thank
1: you. I th- just thank you. I- I've seen. I've seen your like the stuff that you do on TV. I think you're amazing at what you're doing and Thank you're very you. calm. and No, really. And still have <laughs> your personality. I think that's something that I need to improve.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, but it's also preparation, right? Like, I feel like mm, if you're definitely. prepared for what you're going to say, then you don't have to panic in the moment. And so the preparation is really important. Yeah. You also showed us your your fashion sense for that TED Talk, that blue suit. So, walk us through it. Tell us about, you know, did you have a stylist? Did you pick it yourself? whenever I do like events, I, my
1: little sister, uh, Muskan is amazing. She does my makeup, hair, styles, everything. But I would say that was all on me. Nice. <laughs> I did it all myself. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I wanted to look professional, but still myself. I don't want to look too stiff. I was like, okay, I can wear a suit, but still want a casual love with some sneaks and a t-shirt. There wasn't that much thinking behind it. I thought, you know the blue suit is always chilled and cool. But thank you for <laughs> noticing my outfit choices. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, fashion, fashion is definitely up your street too. And just last question on this segment, you, I, I can really relate to you because you're you're quite outspoken when it comes to the women's game. What are your thoughts on the changes over the last fifteen years? Where, where do you think it needs to go?
1: I think that over the last 10, 15 years, there's a lot that's happened, mm. um, which is a positive. I really love to see, you know, how much the game is growing and you feel that, especially during the big tournaments. But still, I feel there's still more that has to change. Yeah. While you have a certain group that where the levels are quite high, I feel the rest of the world is kind of forgotten and then you want to kind of put everything higher up. I feel it's... it's I always say it starts from the top. You cannot ask the the public to, to, to be a part of the change. You need to have Invest. the best. Yeah, exactly. You need the top to have the attitude of, okay, these are football, these are athletes and we treat them equal. And these are the same circumstances that they have both sides, men and women, and that's going to spread through everything, everyone else. So that's something I think it has to, the change going to come from the top. I, I can see FIFA UEFA trying to do, mm-hmm. of course, it's going to take time. And then one of the hardest things that I know is to change people's point of view, minds, that's something that's going to take time. You know, you're trying to invest more, having more women, more role models in these areas to create the change. And something that I also feel is amazing to see is that you have more and more athletes talking about it. You know, you create the awareness by targeting the issue, pointing it out. This is the problems. These are the changes that need to happen. But as I said, you know, it's been cool to watch because I felt it on my own body 10, 15 years ago when I was playing my first national team game. People didn't even knew that the national team existed. Yeah,
0: now yeah. it's a big
1: event every time we play the game. But you still want to, you know, have the same opportunities. Uh, There's
0: still more. As
1: you see on the men's side. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's going to come. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. The, the next generation are going to have it even better than the ones that have it right now.
0: I think when I look at the women's game, you think about how far it's come in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. It gives me hope that it's going to be another level for the next 10 years. But you're right. It it has to be, it has to come from the top for sure. So yeah, let's hope for more change and for the next generation. Definitely. Now we're going to move into the quick fire section. And all I want, Nadia, is the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, The questions are kind of arranged into past, present and future. Um, So let's go... Right back to the beginning. What is the first ever football match you went to?
1: It was Denmark against Iceland. uh, My first ever match. My coach took us to that game. And I don't know if you remember Thomas Grausen, who used to play for Everton and then later for Real Madrid. I do. He scored a bang of a goal. And he did like the celebration where he's like, yeah. And you know what? I'm friends with him now. And I remember him like, I watched (laughs) the first game with you where you scored this goal. And he's like, oh yeah, that was a pretty decent goal. (laughs) (laughs) And who was your first footballing hero? I think uh, Ronaldo Nasario, the Brazilian, uh, definitely looked up to him. I think he was amazing. I still do. I love that guy. Yeah. Every time I watch him, I'll be like, wow, the stuff he does. I want to learn that. (laughs)
0: He was incredible. I mean, they call him El Phenomena, right? Like For a reason, huh? Oh, it was just incredible. I had the chance to meet him too um, at a conference and he's the nicest man. Like, so shy. Oh, wow. You know, he's not a superstar yeah. at all. So, That's yeah, good choice. I, yeah. I, like, I liked him too. Wow. And bringing it into the present, what's your... Do you have like a pre-match ritual? Do you do anything consistently before a game?
1: Not really, no. Uh, I don't believe in rituals. I don't think about this stuff. I feel like everything that happens is because of me, not because of luck or phenomena. So I try not to do anything, even though sometimes I believe, oh, I wore this and we won three games in a row. (laughs) Then I just take like, I'm not going to wear it. I'm like, you know what? Let's see if this is going to hold. Yeah. So I don't have any. I just will try to be loose, you know, listen to some nice music.
0: Okay. No, That's a a good answer.
1: Yeah, usually I listen to a lot of Bollywood music because it makes me happy. Yeah, I love, I, okay, if you ever see my playlist, it's the most random playlist you'll ever find. It's from classic Mozart to random Korean or Japanese slow love story songs. And Bollywood is like really high because I speak Hindi, so I love Bollywood and they always kind of
0: bring me, I don't know, they make me happy. I listen to a lot of Bollywood songs. Yeah. Who is the greatest person you've ever met thanks to football?
1: Uh, one of them was my older coach when I was younger. Um, someone who I looked up to is like a brother to me. His name is Brian Surns, and he's still a coach in Fortuna Yaring. He literally took me under his wing and was doing a lot for me. Right. Especially because I was, as a kid, I was had a lot of temperament, and he kind of helped me understand myself and talk with my feet, I guess. And then also, uh, I would say my agent, Michael uh, Kelbeck. I love this guy. <laughs> he is a character. If you ever meet him, you're going to love him as well. But I really, I think he's an amazing person. Uh, and he's so genuine. I love when people are 100% true to themselves. And he's one of them. Through bad and good, you know, and, and I respect that. And he's probably one of them people I'm going to have in my life, rest of my life.
0: It's great to have an agent like that, that you can just trust with your life, you know. It's...
1: He's family now. So I don't even care about anything else. He's like part of family.
0: Amazing. And you, uh, we, we mentioned that you've traveled a lot. What is the best ever place that football has taken you?
1: San Diego is the first answer that's going to come, right? And that's, we went with the national team to San Diego. I think the city is something I could see myself in the future, future living because the water was freaking amazing. The weather was perfect <laughs> and people were so nice. I say, you know, one day if I ever had had a clinic, we'll there. the clinic would be in San Diego. Well, they have a team now, Nadia. No, nah. yeah, I know that. I know that, but I love, I love the team in uh, Racing Louisville. I think what they've started and the the club, uh, James, the owners. Yeah, I think it's it's a different level, and, and and I'm very happy, you know, having people like that around me. Um, so very, very pleased to be there.
0: Awesome, awesome.
1: And what does the coming year have in store for you? Uh, we just talked about this. I got injured badly. Uh, yeah. Um, so my goal right now is recover as quick as possible, because um, that's one of the things I want to be ready for the Euros next year. I have played 99 national team games. So I want Woo! to do the 100. <laughs> yeah, you got to get there. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. So that's my goal. Uh, and also uh, beginning of the year 2022, I'm going to finish and finally get my doctor degree. And I'm going to have Dr. Nadim on my shirt for the Euros. Oh, my God. That, <laughs> That's you, have, you have to do that, by the way. Okay. You want me to do that? Okay, let me, do it. It. let me think about it. No one's ever done it before. I was like, you know what? Neymar Jr. has it. Why can I just not have DR in front of
0: me? My- <laughs> Listen, I, Nadia, I think you have to do it. Dr. Nadia yeah um no Nadia this has been so fun thank you so much for joining the FIFA Play On podcast hearing your amazing story your life and there's so much more to come for you thank you thank you appreciate your time
1: my pleasure thank you so much Jenny thanks for
0: having me I enjoy our chat thank you thank you so much
2: What a story. Man, I was so gutted I couldn't be there for the first interview recording. Nadia is a total inspiration. And if you haven't already checked out the TED Talk that she mentions, then make sure you do. What an achievement after such a tough start in life. But well, right now, it's that time of the podcast again. It's time for another installment of Versus.
0: Okay, this is Versus. This is the section of our show where my co-host and I go head to head. We'll set a different challenge every week. And just like in any football match, the winner takes three points. It's one for a draw and the loser gets a big fat zero. We're going to add up at the end of each challenge to see how we're doing on the FIFA Play On Podcast League. And see, who will be crowned the eventual FIFA Play On podcast versus champion. No pressure. What have we got this week, Alvaro?
2: Well, Annie, uh it's good that you mentioned it. This week we have a very exciting game. Um, this game is, is kind of true or false. And it's called Before They Were Famous, which I love. Because I think it's super interesting to know, you know, what people did to kind of stay afloat. Or, you know, I don't know, whatever. Everyone does some, you know, crazy stuff before they... They're famous or they even, you know, um, get to a legendary position in football in this case. So I'm going to give you three footballers and you're going to give me three footballers. And I'm going to have to guess as well as you if it's true or not that they did what they did. So should we start? Okay,
0: let's start. Let's go. Question one. Miroslav Klose, yeah. who you should know because he's a German German, guy. German men's all-time top scorer. Mm-hmm. He's also clocked up a record-breaking 16 for World Cup final goals before he retired in 2014 so he's a bit of a legend yeah. but before he made his debut for FC Hamburg he made his money as a carpenter is that true or is it false?
2: I mean it, it could be very true you know uh, it would make total sense There's uh, but it could also be false you know <laughs> and he would have he maybe sold ice cream you know carpenter in Hamburg you know in Germany they still do a lot of things out of wood I have no idea you know the face that you're doing while i'm saying all these things
0: oh don't look at me <laughs>
2: okay.
0: don't look at me <laughs> i'm
2: guessing all the time i'm gonna go with yeah today i woke up and i'm it's gonna be a no yeah it's gonna be he wasn't the carpenter
0: the answer is true closer did indeed complete his apprenticeship as a woodworker with flying colors and worked in the trade until he was 20 so you got that wrong alvaro yeah
2: Yeah. my argumentation was totally right and then i just guessed wrong that's good
0: it's a coin toss it's a complete coin toss because you're right he could have sold ice cream yeah i
2: mean he could have
0: he could have done anything he could have made cars he could have flown planes yeah totally or he could have been a carpenter
2: well it's good to always know you know because woodwork is a very good thing to, to to know it's, mm-hmm. it's great to you know, work with your hands and do some stuff in quarantine i did a lot of stuff i actually built also like some some stuff out of wooden pallets and did some like uh couches out of that for the terrace wow it's it's nice to know okay annie i'm losing so my question for you is danish goalkeeper peter schmeichel played his football for bronby um in manchester united and manchester city amongst others but before he made it as pro he was a manager at an animal charity. Is this true or false?
0: Peter Michael. Yeah. At an animal charity?
2: Yes, exactly. That's what I'm
0: feeling. I cannot see that at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, Peter Michael is like proper like, you know, this domineering figure mm-hmm. in goal. You said before he played for Brombury, or whilst he was playing for Bromby.
2: No, oh, before.
0: Manager at animal charity.
2: I mean, he's a vegetarian or something like that. Yeah,
0: that that would <laughs> be a good. I'm gonna go with false, mm-hmm. and I I don't really know why. I just feel like like he was so good, he would have been like playing football all the time and not caring for furry animals.
2: All right. So the thing is in Denmark. Perception with animals is probably different because the answer is true. Yeah. Peter worked for the World Wildlife Fund until he was called up to do his compulsory military service, which is pretty crazy also.
0: So the next one, Brazilian midfielder Socrates yeah. made 60 appearances for his country in the 70s and the 80s. But before he made it as a footballer, he trained to be a doctor. Is this true or false?
2: We're talking about the 80s here. You know, the 80s is more traditional than nowadays. And in Brazil, yeah, football has been around for, for ages already. So it's a known job. But it's also very, very difficult to get in. So I also get, you know.
0: But Brazil, Br- Brazil have always been a successful football team. man.
2: Yes, don't try to convince me the other way.
0: I'm just giving you some information. <laughs>
2: that's why i'm choosing it's true probably
0: the answer is true yes he earned a degree in medicine which is super impressive at the university of sao paulo good stuff so socrates socrates the legendary footballer is also a legendary doctor i guess
2: great one zero nice all right so english striker jamie vardy used to make splints and crutches in a medical factory before he hit the big time in his football career. Is this true or false?
0: This is so hard because mm-hmm. Jamie Vardy, I know, was a he's come up through like his whole story is amazing. He's come up through like through non-league football where all of them work as well as play. So, I know for a fact he worked alongside football. Yeah. I just don't know and I know that I think he was a carpenter. Yeah. I've read about Jamie Vardy being a carpenter.
2: I mean, making. What does this actually mean? He was making splints and crutches. That mean he was fabricating them, like he was building them, or what? Yeah. In a medical factory, right? So he wasn't doing any any medicine stuff. He was just mm. the building and you know the, more the craftsmanship, right? Or that.
0: I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with God. I'm gonna go
2: with <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're like so so stressed and like I'm scared. almost feeling the anxiety through the microphone okay the answer the answer is it's true well done Vardy was only getting paid 30 pounds a week for his non-league football with Stocksbridge Park parks deals so he had to have you know another side job totally understandable
1: mm-hmm.
2: great stuff there
0: you know I should get bonus points for my yes. working that out incredible
2: thinking Yeah.
0: That was tough.
2: I mean, no bonus points for that, sorry, but a good, solid point for you.
0: Right, last question.
2: We're 1-1 here, huh?
0: Yeah, 1-1. So Mo Salah, the Liverpool and Egyptian forward, worked evenings and weekends at his family laundrette in his home city of Basayoun before he was picked up by scouts at Itisad Basayoun. Is this true or false?
2: I could totally see, you know, in, in Egypt, as well as in Spain or in Italy, You know, family is very important and I know that a lot of people, you know, help out at their family's um, business or, you know, they stick together. Um, So that kind of makes a lot of sense in my mind. But it's very detailed, you know, and if a lie is, you know, the lies, fabrications, details make it true um, or false, you know, even, I have no idea. Um... I'm gonna say I'm just gonna say no I'm gonna say this is like very cliche and it and it would have been nice for the story but it's not at all how it happened
0: okay that is correct it's false
2: oh oh god thank god it's
0: a very sweet heartwarming story yeah but it's completely made up Mm -hmm. good so you were correct I'm feeling the pressure here
2: alright so two one any last question alright French World Cup winner N'Golo Kante worked briefly as a railway engineer at the Parisian suburb of haute uh, before he was picked up by Union sportive de Boulogne.
0: N'Golo Kante hmm and again he has a tale story came from I think it was the second division in france mm-hmm. the likelihood of him having another job is high yeah i mean he's not like he didn't come through like an i don't think he came through an academy system per se but whether he was an engineer i think that's false i don't think he was an engineer
2: <laughs> it's false it's false and you're completely right <laughs> it's totally made up. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Ooh, also, I mean, a, a railway engineer—that is like a lot of right, a lot of work. You know, you have to be an engineer to do that. No.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So well, as we've seen, uh, we ended up with two correct answers each. That leaves us at eight-eight. So we're tied again, Annie. This is pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's see what next week's uh, challenges. Anyway, that's another episode of the FIFA Play On podcast done. I really enjoyed this one. I hope you did too. Make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and give us a five-star rating. Don't forget to follow me, Annie, and FIFA on the socials. You'll get to play along with some of our Versus challenges, you'll get bits of video bonus content, and you'll get a little glimpse behind the scenes of us recording the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you back here next week.